Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Well, friends, when we finish Genesis, the children of Israel were doing pretty well. Joseph was in a great position to watch out for them. Uh, they came down. It was just the one family, the 12 brothers, and then Joseph's family that he had, had produced while he was in Egypt. They joined together with Jacob's other descendants, and they, uh, they fared well initially. But there had been a prophecy back in Genesis 15 where the Lord spoke to Abraham, telling him that his descendants were going to be in bondage for 400 years. And that's about to take place in the life of Israel, in the life of the Jewish people. So let me just read briefly from Genesis 15:13, the Lord speaking to Abraham. The Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. Now, this is a multifaceted warning and prophecy and promise from the Lord. And so the Lord told Abraham that there would be 400 years uh, that his descendants would be strangers in a country that wasn't their own. And while they were in that country, they would be enslaved and mistreated there. But eventually, they would be delivered, and uh, they would come out. And when they came out, the Lord would punish that nation because they had mistreated his children, Abraham's children. And they would also come out with great possessions. They would plunder this nation. So in retrospect, this is where Israel is now. They are in Egypt. They're about to move into a situation of slavery. They're going to spend the 400-year period there. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are going to spend 400 years in Egypt. And then ultimately, the Lord is going to punish that nation by various plagues and then bring them out, and they're going to plunder the Egyptians on the way out the door. And so today, we're going to start the book of Exodus, which is the story uh, where it picks up with the children of Israel in Egypt, but they're about to be delivered from Egypt by the hand of God. Now, the Lord is going to raise up a man named Moses. Uh, Moses became an adopted son of the aristocracy of Egypt. He was a Hebrew boy, a Jewish boy, uh, but ultimately he rose to prominence in Egypt and then ran afoul of the law, if you will, and went into the wilderness. The book of Exodus covers this account. It covers what's known as the burning bush encounter, where Moses met the I am of the scriptures and was recruited by I am slash Yahweh to be his emissary to Pharaoh. So Moses and his brother Aaron go together to meet Pharaoh. There are numerous power encounters where the Lord poured out plagues and Pharaoh offered compromises short of letting the children of Israel go completely. He offered various compromises, but nothing short of complete deliverance from Egypt would satisfy the Lord. And so there was finally a significant tenth and final plague. Uh, We'll cover all of that in the book of Exodus. Also in the book of Exodus, there is the first mention of the various feasts of Israel. Uh, The Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, etc., are mentioned first in the book of Exodus. The first appearance of the manna, which was the bread from heaven, appears in Exodus. And there's this very interesting sequence of events that occur at Mount Sinai. Once um, the Israelites leave Egypt, they go to Mount Sinai. They receive the Ten Commandments. They receive the covenant of Moses, the Sinai covenant, um, in Exodus 19 and following. 
And it's a very, very important book of the Bible. Additionally, there are 15 chapters dealing with the tabernacle of Moses. The instructions for the tabernacle of Moses are contained in the book of Exodus as well. And so um, today we're going to start with the book of Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all of his brothers and all of that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Pittim and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and work them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar and all kinds of work in the fields. In their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, When you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live." So we read in verse 6, Now Joseph and all of his brothers and all that generation died. And so this first generation of Jacob's children all passed away. Those who had received the favor of God under Joseph suddenly had their protector taken away. But the Bible records that the descendants, their progeny, were exceedingly fruitful and they multiplied greatly, increased in number, and became so numerous that the Egyptians were afraid of them. And so a new king or pharaoh came to power who didn't know Joseph or know anything about Joseph, and he decided, you know, these Israelites are too many to not be under control, so let's make them slaves. So in verse 11, they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and then they built various cities for pharaoh. But the Bible says the more they were oppressed— the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites, and they worked them ruthlessly. 
They made their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and all kinds of work in the fields. And so this uh, ruthless subjugation, remember, had been prophesied to Abraham that they would uh, be enslaved and mistreated is what the Lord told Abraham in Genesis 15. And it came to pass for the 400 years of bondage in Egypt. Ultimately, Pharaoh comes up with another plan. He decides that uh, not only are they to make them slaves, but they're still having too many of them born. So he decides that all of the male children should be killed at birth. Of course, the male children would could one day become uh, soldiers and fighters to fight against Pharaoh and Egypt. So he considered them a threat. In verse 15, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, When you're helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. Now, this was an edict from an absolute monarch. He was the governmental authority, and these women were under his authority. In fact, they were slaves under the system um, that was in place at that time. And so they had been given a mandate from the Pharaoh that said, if it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But verse 17 says, The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Now think about this. This was civil disobedience, but it was for the purpose of preserving the life of these children. In our generation, perhaps there could be some application made to abortion. But let me give you something else. In the time of World War II, there was a question that rose up in the church in Nazi Germany. The officials had made it um, illegal to hide Jews or to harbor Jews or to protect Jews. And so the Christians were conflicted. They said, we're, we're under governmental authority. We're supposed to be in submission to the government that has rule over us. Um, should we turn over the Jewish people to the Nazis or should we protect them? And in point of fact, in Scripture, there are principles and there are higher principles. And so it's a principle you should not lie. It's a principle that you should be in submission to the, the governmental authorities. It's a principle that you should preserve life. And so sometimes these principles come into conflict, and it must be determined what are the higher principles. And so in this example before us, the king of Egypt told the midwives to uh, kill the boys. The midwives lied. It says they feared God, and they didn't do what the king told them to do. And so they lied. They said the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Now, let me make this clear. They were supposed to be in submission to the governmental authorities, but the governmental authorities had told them to do something that was absolutely against the will of God. That was to slay these babies at birth. And so they refused to be a party to that. And in doing their diligence to deliver these babies safely, they had to lie and come up with a story. So their story was that the women would have the babies before they arrived. That was a blatant lie. But the Bible says God was kind to them and gave them families of their own because they had feared him and had protected these babies. So in Scripture, there are principles and higher principles. The preservation of life is one of the highest principles. It supersedes submission to the government, and it supersedes lying even. So to lie and protect life 
is a, a higher value in the scripture we just read. In verse 22, it says, Then Pharaoh gave this order, because the babies were being born before the midwives got there, he thought. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. And so this new edict was issued. And that's where we leave uh, chapter 1. But I just want to pray now, Lord, help us to understand that your Bible is full of principles, and some principles are more important or higher than others. Lord, help us to understand this. Help us to see from the scriptures that there are sometimes shades of gray and nuanced situations where we need your guidance. We need to recognize that uh, you're able to guide us beyond what's written on an individual verse to see the bigger picture. Lord, we recognize the situation with these Hebrew women and the midwives was complex, and yet they chose wisely, and you were kind to them and gave them families of their own. Lord, help us as well to navigate the waters of of these types of things in our generation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.